Many of us dream of one day having a family of our own, but for some prospective parents, giving birth to their own biological child just isn't a possibility. Every day, surrogate mothers are helping these families turn their dreams into reality. So, what does it take to become a surrogate mom, and is it right for you? I'm Cora Jensen with Modern Family Surrogacy Center here in San Diego, California, and this is Preggy Pals, episode 21. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. So if you're a busy, soon-to-be parent who's always on the go, I have some great news for you. Preggy Pals now has a free app available on both Android and Apple products. So now you can listen to your most recent episodes anytime, anyplace. And we know you have a ton of questions throughout your pregnancy, and of course, we're here to help. Preggy Pals has a team of experts, all with different areas of expertise relating to pregnancy and parenting. So if you do have a question, simply send us an email through our website or call our Preggy Pals hotline at 619-866-4775, and we'll include your question and the answer in an upcoming episode. Let's meet the ladies here in the studio. You guys are all wearing blue. I love it. Okay, let's start with you, Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie Saufeld. I am 29. I am a gemologist due January 9th with my first baby, um, and it's a girl, and we Yay! are having because we didn't Yay! know that last time. We did Yeah, so we found out it's a girl, and um, we are having a hospital birth. And I'm Jackie Kleber. I am 25. I am 28 weeks pregnant with this surrogate baby girl, and I have one child. He's three, and I'm going for an unmedicated hospital birth. All right. Thanks for joining us, ladies. All right, here's an interesting headline that is making news around the Internet. And the headline is, Grandmother Gives Birth to Own a Grandson. And if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. Okay, so here's the deal. 25-year-old Angel Hebert learned that she had a heart condition, which makes it unsafe for her to get pregnant. And her husband, Brian, of course, they were very disappointed, upset about this. But the alternative was not far away. So Angel's mother, who is 49 years old, her name is Linda, um, of course, she was upset that her daughter couldn't get pregnant, and she volunteered to be a surrogate for um, her her daughter. And her mother actually was already a mother of four, including twins, so this obviously was not her first rodeo. She has a lot of parenting experience. Um, so I want to get your guys' feedback on this. Um, obviously, it's a very relevant topic because we're talking about surrogacy today. Uh, Stephanie, let's start with you. First of all, would this be something that you think you might do if you indeed couldn't have a baby on your own? You mean like ask my mom? Yeah, to, or, to or just the, yeah, just the concept of it. I mean, how how does this sit with you? Um, well, definitely, it's definitely an attention grabbing headline. <laughs> At first, I was like, huh, I'm not really sure about that. So, is the baby his own uncle? Is that how that works? Yeah, how or? would you classify that? Yeah. Really? How does the family tree look at yeah. that point? Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely if I if I couldn't have my own, you know, and a friend of a friend of mine and I had actually had this conversation many years ago and we said, okay, well, if you can't, then I will for you and vice versa. Yeah. 
you know, so yeah, I don't know about my mom. I don't know if I, I don't know if she would be <laughs> right all for that. Right. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I would definitely investigate other options. Jackie, I think I know how you feel about it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get your opinion on this, Miss Surrogate. I think it's awesome. Um, there's actually another lady who just, I don't know what her name is, but she was 60 and she just recently, well, no, the grandson is 18 months old, so a year and a half. Okay. And they were on The View earlier this week because they're just, like, promoting their new book or whatever. So this is a trend? This is trending nationwide? (laughs) (laughs) Have your your babies or have your daughter's baby? (laughs) I guess so. I don't know. And then my husband walked in during the the segment on The View, and he was like, really? They can do that? I was like, yeah. They, (laughs) you know, because I had to take hormones and stuff. So the grandma had to take hormones and stuff, and he's like... I wonder if your mom would do it. And I was like, I don't know, but I definitely would never ask her. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, why wouldn't you ask her? Not that I wouldn't her? want to. It's just I wouldn't expect her to do it. Do you, would it be weird for you, though? Because you're in a different type of surrogacy situation. So, but, but if you were the person who couldn't have a baby, would you ask your mom? I don't know. Probably not because I have so many other options. Yeah. Like yeah. a sister and a sister-in-law. Yeah. So not that I would of, ask them. It is kind of but, weird a little yeah. bit, isn't it? And Cora, I definitely want your opinion on this too, being our expert on surrogacy today. Well, my first thought was, as a mother, what you wouldn't do for your child. Of course. Right? Like yeah, both of these cases, true. did they ask or did the mom come forward and say, you know, I want to see you have children. So, you know. My mind directly went to the right. Yeah, the mom came forward. See, so instinctively as a parent, you want to give that to them so badly that they offered, and those daughters clearly took the mom up on it (laughs) instead of asking. Oh my god, they took me up on my offer. I guess I gotta go forward. I'm like, oh no. (laughs) See, I would worry about like my mom's health and and stuff like that. Yeah, because she's in in this article, forty nine years old, and my mom's older than that. Yeah, and and usually, you know, doctors don't recommend that women have pregnancies beyond you know a certain age, and I know that's advanced maternal age is. 49. They do have so. to go through a lot of physical testing yeah. and screening and right. stuff. Right. No, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I was I thinking that, just like we do. That it was amazing that they were at, you know, 49 and 60 yeah. were medically approved totally and healthy crazy. enough to do that. Um Cora, have you ever had someone come to the surrogacy center that has been advanced maternal age like that and want to become a surrogate? First, I mean, obviously she wasn't a first-time mom, but whether it's first time or they've already had four or five, do you have women that old? We have women that are over the cutoff age all of the time okay. wanting to be a surrogate. And, you know, we have to tell them that just medically, um, that it's, there's not a parent that would choose them or an IVF doctor that would approve them when there's other young, healthy sure. women that can do it. So there is a cutoff age. Yeah. If yeah. you're over 40, typically, they don't want you to be a surrogate mother yeah. unless you've had a baby within the last one or two years and you're in excellent health with no complications. They yeah. will consider you, but otherwise they just say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, you're over the mm-hmm. yeah the preferred age. Yeah, It's probably different in their specific case because they're family and they wanted to keep it in the family. Yeah, and I and do the doctors were probably that. like, well, we can try. Let's see. Let's see what you look like. Da-da. I wonder if they were met with resistance, though, even from the doctor. Let's see how many cobwebs sure. you have in your uterus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? I've heard that joke before. <laughs> uh, the mom here in the article says uh, she just saw it as if she was babysitting for a few months. It was their child all along, and she was just room for rent. 
That's, know? What, that's what I've heard other surrogates say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that how you feel, being a surrogate? That you're kind of room for rent so other people can have the family they want to have? Kind of not really so much like room for, it womb sound, for rent. Yeah. But the babysitting for I like sure. That. Babysitting, yeah. Womb. Womb for rent. It's womb, like, yeah. It's like the cool <laughs> aunt from across the pond. Like that's... <laughs> I, have to, I have to be honest, though. I... Um, you know, if, if this were my only option, I probably would ask my mom. But um, I feel a little weird. I know, you know, everything happens clinically as far as the insertion of the semen and everything. But I don't want to think about my husband's sperm being inside my mom. I don't care how. No, it's it already got an there. embryo. It's already an embryo. So, so it's they already... they insert. Okay, yeah. so it's formed outside and then it's yeah. inserted. Yeah. I don't know if that makes me feel any. So better, your mom would be like... your oven. <laughs> For your she's baby. cooking it. She's baking she, your baby. She's been cooking me stuff my whole life. Why, why not a baby? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Today we're learning about what it takes to become a surrogate mom. And joining us here in the studio is Cora Jensen. She's the Director of Client Services at Modern Family Surrogacy Center. Cora, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you for having me. So I'm so excited to learn all about surrogacy. So let's dive into this. What are some of the main reasons women choose to become surrogate mothers? Well, some women say that they feel drawn to this process and helping people, something they can't explain. Uh, when they're, they love pregnancy and they hear about it from someone who either has gone through it or it's in the media. Um, a lot of women say they start Googling and researching it. They know that they can help their family financially while helping someone else have a baby. Um, the reasons that people do it are completely varied. I mean, some people are more in it to help someone while financially helping themselves. Other people are doing it more for just that feeling of, you know, doing that one, you know, biggest something they can think of doing. So everyone's reason, you know, pretty varies. Yeah. And Jackie, what was your reason for wanting to become a surrogate? Uh, I think the first thing that she said really described me was I was just kind of drawn to it. And then it was like, oh, you get paid for it? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Where you hear about it, you're like, what is that? And you you just kind of think that's so fascinating and what a miraculous thing. That's what it was for me as well. Yeah. And I had only had one baby at that point, and I met a surrogate mother. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? And I was fascinated. So I started Googling, and it wasn't until after I had my second son that I was actually a surrogate mother. Okay. And... I just wanted my one amazing experience and to know what that felt like. And when people describe it, she was like, it was just the most amazing thing ever. And I was just like, I want to know what that feels like. So that's what, and then like Jackie said, like you get paid to do it. And (laughs) while doing your normal life was just a bonus. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have this feeling that this is something you really want to do. What did did you guys do um, after you had this feeling? Did you contact someone like a a center right away? You're pointing to Cora. So you contact, so you, did you know about Cora and Cora services and everything? No, and this is going to sound totally funny. I found him on (laughs) Craigslist. <laughs> looking for not women even as kidding. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that I was like looking for it, but it just like came up, and I was like, "Oh, right, I wanted to do this." Because it was th- by that point, it was like in the total back of my brain. Yeah, not even thinking about it, and then it was like, "Oh, maybe I should look into it." Like, because we're in the perfect spot in California. Yeah. I know we're going to be here for at least two years. Uh-huh. So, why I found are we them. in the perfect spot in California? Why is this more because of the laws? It's a lot easier for. Um, like, you don't have to adopt your own baby in California. Oh. 
you the parent's name goes on the birth certificate. I oh, mean, there's legal documents that you have to sign and everything. Okay. In fact, I just sent mine off last week. Like, hey, she's not mine. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Cora, what did you do? Were you already involved with the with the center when you decided to have your your surrogate baby, or how, how did that? Work? No, I actually. It was two years later that I was a surrogate. I had my second son. Okay. And then right after I had him, like, it was in the back of my mind, and I had done a bunch of research, and I actually spoke to several agencies, weighed the pros and cons of each one. And so I had done a lot of research at that point. So once I had my second baby, and I said, I had kind of said to my husband a couple times, like, throughout that you know, time frame. And he was like, mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then after I had my second baby, I said, you know, I'm really going to do this. And he was kind of like, you, you really are going to do it. So then he was paying into like, what, what, okay, now what is it? And right. tell me all about it. Yeah. So then he paid attention and it's just something that whole time I knew that I wanted to do. Why would you say it's important to contact an agency or a center as opposed to just kind of handling this on your own, like with a friend or something like that? Right. Well, even if you did it with a friend or a you know family member or whatever, you would still need someone to coordinate everything for you. You have to have an attorney to do the legal contract. So everything is spelled out, okay. what the compensations are, what the behavior expectations are, you know, um, contact during the process, after the process, everything is spelled out. So there's no misunderstandings, hurt feelings, because it's a long emotional process. Mm-hmm. And then the agency will actu- will find an escrow company for you that holds the funds that are paid to the surrogate in a neutral place so that the parent's not paying the surrogate directly. If you didn't go through an agency, how would that be set up? If, you know, then the parents are paying you and you're mm-hmm. asking for things, and what if they disagree? Right. Who's going to say, yes, you get the money or not? If you don't have an attorney, the money in a neutral place with someone approving what's paid to you, then it can go bad real fast. So I'm just thinking about worst case scenario, and that would be, you know, someone's listening to this and thinking, wow, I have to get an attorney. I got to do all this stuff. This is this is a lot of work. Why can't we just, you know, kind of handle this on our own? And I have a baby and I literally hand it to you and that's done. You know, does that happen? I'm assuming it does. You know, it does. It does. <laughs> but there aren't very many wonderful and happy right. endings with people, with people that doing trying that to do it all on sure. their own without. Sure. It's actually very simple. The attorney does their piece. The okay. the clinic does their piece and the agency pulls you all together. OK, so the agency makes it easy for you. S- help schedule your appointment, help you with the medications that you have to take. They kind of just let you slow down, take a deep breath okay. and let the surrogate and the parents have a good relationship and fun through the process while the agency's coordinating all those tricky things. Who's paying what, you know, doing all the the logistical stuff, who's got to be at this clinic, which doctor, which attorney, you know, so they just kind of help you. And agencies will pick who's in the industry, who's good at what they do, who's going to make it so that their clients have a smooth process. Okay. Okay. Takes all the stress out of it. Yeah. Which is really nice as a surrogate yeah. because you don't well, have to worry about Well, the minute you start talking the... money with the couple that you're having a baby for, instant stress. Yeah. It's, well, it's let's really talk about money here for a second. Sure. So a lot of people, I would think that is a benefit to them. They they do think at least maybe it's not the driving force that they do this, but it is a factor. But they're not know? doing it for free. Right. That's what I always say. Exactly. Like, you are, you know, you're definitely compensating a surrogate mother. And so one of the requirements is that a surrogate is financially stable. Like you you can't be a woman who isn't working and has no source of income because then the parents worry and you know and as an agency you don't want to see someone who needs money and right. is you know the 
people kind of act, you know, they're nervous and stressed out financially. And, you know, stress can keep you from getting pregnant. So that's a big thing. And then, you know, potentially people act a little different when they're needing money and in a desperate situation. So um, then the structure for payment is already outlined. So the parents know exactly what they're going to be paying the surrogate mother and what for. And the surrogate knows up front exactly what she's going to be compensated. Now, what is that price dependent on? Well, every agency has their own set of first-time surrogate mother fees. So if you're looking into agencies, you just contact them. A lot of times it's on their website. If it's not, they'll send it to you and ask them to walk you through how much their first-time surrogates get paid. And it'll be outlined. It'll be their compensation for carrying one baby. There's an extra compensation if you're carrying a twin baby. You get money for maternity clothing because you're going to need clothing. You get a monthly allowance for, like, parking at appointments and childcare if you need it, vitamins. So you just get that cash so that you don't have to be keeping track of every, you know, small amount. And So what is the ballpark price, I guess, for if you're just having a singleton? A singleton, your compensation overall would be about thirty to thirty-five thousand. Okay, so let's talk about what else the center does to support the surrogate. So obviously there, there's compensation, but what other you know is there emotional support? I mean, obviously this is a a, a big step oh, sure, that somebody's sure. making. So so how can the center help with that? We provide a lot of emotional support. We have a support coordinator who will go to appointments if girls need it. We like to have her go to the medical screening appointment, which is the first visit with the doctor and they do an evaluation of your uterus and they draw blood. So we have her go along. So they explain the process and they're, you know, calm and they do your blood pressure. They just make sure overall you're healthy and that your, you know, uterus looks healthy to carry a baby. So she would go to that appointment with them. And she's been through it before too. Yes. We've all been surrogate mothers ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we help with anything from how do I do the injection to have it be less painful? Which or, is huge. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> crying today for no reason. Is that normal? Sometimes it's, you know, like you're having a baby and you're hormonal. And we're there to kind of help. We know what it feels like if you, I mean, girls need support for things like, um, there, you know, how much contact is a good amount with the parents. Mm-hmm. Some want more. So it's little things like that. Like, you know, I didn't get an email from them this week. And, you know, we find out they traveled and didn't have Internet. And we can help communicate with the surrogate mother. Or, you know, this parent might want to call them every day. And we help remind them gently that <laughs> we're working moms. And, you know, they have their own children while they're pregnant with your baby. And we right. politely explain those types of things. Right. So we're kind of the buffer. And we also have support group meetings once a month. We have healthy topics, the importance of water, nutrition. Um, We sometimes talk about the contract and, you know, reminding about how much contact. And we, the girls kind of talk to each other, you know, with 30 girls in a room laughing and talking about everything pregnancy. Um, It's really fun. And that way it engages them in the surrogacy process. They don't feel alone. They can, you know, they're, everyone knows how they feel. So we, once a month, get to see them in person and talk to them. And then we just always are talking to them various times throughout the month anyway. Okay. And now how do you match surrogate mothers with potential parents? How does that 
process work? That's a really good question. We have them, every surrogate mother fills out an application when they come and meet with us. Mm -hmm. And it just asks, you know, why are you doing this? Um, Just about your family, your relationship, whether they're single or married um, or dating. Mm -hmm. And we just get a feel for them. What are they looking for in the process? Do they want a lot of contact or are they someone that's very busy and they just really don't want to be you know, bother too much because right. sometimes people, you know, really aren't looking for to come out of the process that close with someone. And that goes for the parents too. So they fill out a profile as well. We know what they're looking for. Do they want to be at a lot of appointments with the surrogate mother or are they international and they can't make it to everything? So we kind of, it's more, it's a lot about a personal match too. So it's not just you want to have a baby, you want to carry for someone, great. We don't match them like next in line type of thing. Okay. It's it's really important to make sure that emotionally you're matching them with the right person too. Because totally then someone's like not ups- It is like dating. It's like, <laughs> we, like, we could do like speed dating. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, and I always tell them that too when everyone's nervous for that first phone call or whatever. And I always joke. Oh like, my God. I, just, I always I'm say so that. Nervous. It's kind of like dating and you're meeting someone for the first time. It's a blind date. But you have to have like that instinctive gut feeling kind of like when you meet someone like that. Yeah. You just, you feel either so right about it. And then if their expectations are the same, then it's a really good match. Otherwise, someone's calling every day and the other person doesn't want to talk to them. Yeah. You know, where you kind of, you know, that's where we come in and, you know, we've been doing this for a while. So it, you know, it helps to have the right match. Yeah, Jackie, I would love to hear about your experience of being matched <laughs> oh my gosh, and what that process was totally like. like dating. So <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really surprised at how nervous I was because Cora matched me with um, an intended parent couple, and I spoke to only one of them speaks English because they live in Spain. Okay. So I spoke to the one that um, obviously only speaks in- or he speaks English, and uh, I talked to him on the phone first. And then it was like, oh, okay. And then you both have to, you know, after the phone conversation, you both have to like separate and be like, okay, did I like him? Uh Do I think I can do this with this specific person? Like, can I see myself doing this? And then like, yeah, okay. I think we should meet face to face. I mean, luckily I had that chance because he was coming over to the United States. Okay. But you don't always have that opportunity, Cora, to meet face to face? Do you always have that opportunity to meet face-to-face prior to You don't always. Okay. You don't always. They try, though, if okay. they can be here to meet in person, but they always have to at least talk on the phone or do okay. a Skype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. So then we drove up to L.A. Uh, I think it was like a week later or something. I was so nervous, like, on the drive up there. <laughs> oh, so my cute. gosh. <laughs> what were you we nervous about, We were talking about, about it. It's just like... I'm going to be carrying your kid. Hi. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like walking up to someone and saying, hi, I'm naked. How are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It, oh, man. Or then you look yes. down and you're like, oh, my God, I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You And really, though, you, you emotionally, you are very naked and yeah. vulnerable because it's such a... It's an intimate you know, process. It is. Yeah. It totally is. You're not just buying a house or buying a car. And those are two huge things yeah. in your life. You know, and you're, oh, it totally is. But then I have to say about Jackie's meeting. So we go to LA (laughs) and they, I think you went to the coffee shop next door. Okay. So then we kept checking. Usually, I don't know, like 30 minutes later or so, we checked to see how they were doing and thinking they'd be done. And no, no, they kind of just just chatting away, shrugged us off. (laughs) I don't even know if it was like two hours later. We were like, okay, we'll just wait till they come back. They were like, okay, really, we have to leave now. (laughs) Looking at pictures on each other's phone, sharing about the family. Right. Very sweet to watch. Yeah. And that's how it is when it's right. You just feel so connected. You can't explain it. You just know it's right. 
when you can't stop talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know it's a good match. Right. Right. Okay, so then you you're matched with um what do you what do you call it? An intended parent? Intended parent. An intended parent. And then what happens from there? Like what what's the next step, Cora? Well, from there, they both confirm that they want to match and work with each other. Then our case manager sends what we call a referral to the clinic, to the attorney, to the psychologist. So then the surrogate mother goes through a series of screening. First step is the criminal background check. Once we get that, that takes a couple of days. Then we know that's clear. She goes on to the next step. She meets with a psychologist. They do a little, she just explains the the process. And the husband, yes. Or even like a live-in partner, someone with her, committed with her, then they go through the process too. So they, you know, she just explains the process and really analyzes if they're ready and emotionally get what's going on and what they need to do. So then they're cleared with the psychologist. Then they go meet the IVF physician that the couple has chosen to work with. And then he does, like we were talking about earlier, does the exam, the ultrasound for uterus. They do, you know, blood and urine sample. And that's really the last step. When she's medically cleared and the attorney that during that time is drafting uh, the legal contract that has the parameters and all the guidelines that everyone's going to follow. So parents review the contract, surrogate reviews the contract, they all agree to the terms, they sign it, then the surrogate mother goes into what we call into cycle, where she starts the medications to get her body ready for the embryo transfer. Let's talk about the contract for a second, because that could be a, a pretty big process, just depending on how picky everyone yeah, is, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Some intended parents are very picky. Yeah, like, they well, can be. It's a huge deal. It is a huge deal. So what are some of the things that are in the contract, generally speaking? That, I mean, what do, you, what do you have to say in a contract to, to make sure that both parties are satisfied? What are some of the topics that are brought up? Well, some of the topics are behavior, like nutrition, that she okay. follow, the OB's the OB doctor's recommendation for diet. So, you know, limiting caffeine, no alcohol, no drug use. I mean, the generic things that you're going to keep your body healthy, Mm -hmm. that you're not exposed to chemicals or toxins. Um, So it gets pretty specific in those areas, which are very important. Okay. Yeah. And then what about just, you know. Oh, travel. You're restricted to travel out of the United States during the entire pregnancy. Okay. And then also after 24 weeks, they don't want you traveling over 100 miles from your delivery hospital. Okay. And that's with good reason because if you go to another state where surrogacy isn't, um, you know, legally allowed. Like Arizona. Yeah, it's not allowed in Arizona. No, so say a surrogate mother goes on vacation to Phoenix and spends the weekend, goes into premature labor, goes into the hospital. They keep her to delivery. Then the parents have to fly in and adopt their baby from the surrogate mother. So we need to keep them in California at the end of the pregnancy, close to their hospital. So if something goes wrong, they're in a safe place, familiar, and the law is on their side. Is there such a thing as a closed surrogacy? Like you have closed adoptions? If you didn't want, if you just thought mentally, I just can't handle that. Is there the option to be able to still give someone a baby, you know, be a surrogate for someone, but not have that emotional tie to them? I've heard of that, but I don't know of any agencies who handle them, and we don't handle them. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now we know what it takes to be accepted as a surrogate mom, but what happens once the surrogate becomes pregnant? We'll find out the answer to that question when we come back. 
All right, welcome back. We are talking about how to become a surrogate mother, and Cora Jensen from Modern Family Surrogacy Center is our special expert joining us here in the studio. So um, we we talked in the first half about what it takes to become a surrogate mom and who is best um, in becoming a surrogate mom, you know, what type of person you need to be in order to do that. So let's assume that you've been accepted into the program and you find your match, and now it is time to – I just sound like speed dating or something, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> now <really> is no. <laughs> Now it's time to become pregnant. And I don't know if I'm, I'm saying that right. But how is a surrogate impregnated? What is that process? Jackie, I'm going to toss it over to In you. In vitro fertilization. It. Okay. When I was on a previous episode and I was... I think talking too much in surrogate speak. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, transfer this and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, wait a what minute, that? what does that mean? <laughs> right. So we do, if you're a gestational surrogate, which means you do not use your egg or your husband's sperm or any of that, it's okay. totally the intended parents, then you do in vitro fertilization. Okay. Now, if you're a traditional surrogate, that means you use your egg and then whoever's sperm. Okay. So I believe some do IUI. Is that right, Cora? Yeah. It's very rare because the chances of getting pregnant are a little less. And that's yeah. where they just track your ovulation. Okay. And then they put the sperm in your uterus when you're ovulating. I see. But if you're a traditional surrogate and they want to, you know, have higher statistics, you know, the statistics. Success rate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Success yeah. rate. Then they will use your eggs with the father's sperm to create the embryos, and then they will implant them in your uterus. Okay. With the IVF, what they do is they use the medications to get your body ready, so it kind of tricks your uterus into believing that you're pregnant, and then they put the embryos into the surrogate's uterus. So you keep taking the medications until around 12 weeks pregnant. So the embryo will implant in the wall of the uterus, and then your body has been believing with those medications that it's pregnant. So once at about somewhere between 10 to 12 weeks pregnant, your body will take over with the pregnancy, creating enough of the hormone on its own. You get to stop taking those supplement, the hormones. Then the pregnancy the rest of the way is like a normal pregnancy. How do you take the hormones? Is this a pill? Is it a shot? What's the deal? It depends upon the IVF doctor. Mostly okay. shots. From what I've heard. Yeah. Were Mostly, you okay with that? <laughs> I can imagine. Giving my, I had to do infertility treatment stuff. and It's not fun. Yeah. And it's not easy. But it's so worth it. Yes. <laughs> oh, for yeah. such a good no, I'm sure, not even, sure. yeah. Well, I have like, not needle phobia, <laughs> but I was really afraid of needles when I was younger. But now, like after being poked and prodded so many times, if someone yeah. else pokes me with a needle, I'm like, okay, I just can't look. And then I'm totally fine. Right. Like I'm a right, big girl. Let's, right. let's just breathe through it and not look. <laughs> but it's a totally different world when you're sticking yourself with that needle. Especially when you're seeing like how big the needle is. I like, didn't do it myself. Oh my! husband my. did all of the injections for me. That's nice so, of him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know my if my husband I'm not, <laughs> you know, those women that can do their own injections, like oh, it's wow. nothing, it's no big deal. They're so brave. Kudos to them if I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, my husband was gone. But Jackie rocks. <laughs> I, still, I still wasn't one of those women that was like, oh, it's no big deal. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like how, how do I do this? Like, yeah. And it was just totally a mental thing for me more right. than anything. Yeah. So, so, so mentally, Jackie, how are you feeling about everything? How many weeks pregnant are you? 28. You're 28 weeks pregnant. Third you've, trimester. you've been pregnant before. You've had a, a baby before. That's a prerequisite, it is, right? Yes. You have to have yes. a baby of your own before. Yes. Before you have a surrogate. Okay. So how does this pregnancy compare? Like, what do you, what do you, what is going on inside that head of yours, Jackie? <laughs> in some aspects, it's totally the same, but in most, it's totally different. <laughs> Cause like Cora said, with all the medications, your body thinks it's pregnant before you already are. Okay. So, the weight gain, like 
oh my goodness. And then my hips were like, oh, I remember this. And so, <laughs> <laughs> like, I swear before I even got pregnant, my hips were like, okay, boom, here's like three inches wider for you just to get things going. Yes. I was like, Thanks. Well, and it's also, you've already had a baby, so your your body's probably even remembering what it was like the first time. Oh, it totally yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. So, and then it's totally different in the aspect of you're not naturally getting pregnant, you mm-hmm. know, like you have to do all these medications and emotionally, how does that work with all these extra hormones in your body? Right. Like some women are totally normal and fine, but some, you know, if they're on a higher dose of hormones, they like think that imagine your period going times 10. totally insane. <laughs> right. Yeah. It really yeah, talk is. about PMS, right? You're going through Oh my goodness. But like, some have no issues. They don't gain any that amazing, you know, Lucky. not even five pounds well, from the honestly, medication. That's what like regular pregnancy is if like, it's right? Super easy for yeah. you. It, right. In you know, for your own children, odds are as a surrogate, you would it would be super easy too. Yeah. Okay, so Cora, what recommendations or, or what advice do you have for women out there that are listening to this show, going, "Hey, I might be able to do this." What would you say to them? Um, I would just say take your time to do your research, and when you are contacting agencies, just talk with them, meet with them, ask all the things that we've covered today, you know, how they handle certain situations. If you had a problem, who would you talk to? How would they deal with it? Have they been surrogates before? Because a lot haven't. And I love that, by the way. And they're I, not I think gonna that's know. amazing that you yeah, guys do that. It's important that you can really, when you give them advice, you know that's how it is and that you've been there mm-hmm. and you, you know, people are more compassionate when they've been in your shoes, especially in this sensitive situation. And just make sure you're comfortable. And, you know, if your husband has questions or your partner, you know, just make sure eyes open and that it, you you will instinctively feel that it's the right fit for you. I would even say go to a couple support group meetings mm. before, you know. Oh, that's a, that's a really good point. Because we allow girls to talk to surrogate mothers. Um, before you know, they commit. Before they commit, mm-hmm. absolutely. So make sure, you know, anything that you can think of to ask, they should be willing to provide you with. People mm-hmm. to talk to, people that have delivered, or people that are pregnant. Well, Cora, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank this you. Is very for insightful. Me. I, I've learned so much. We'll continue this conversation on our Facebook page and through Twitter using the hashtag New Mommy Media. So feel free to join us. Okay, before we wrap things up today, we do have a message from one of our listeners that I wanted to share with you all. This comes from Megan of Laredo, Texas. And Megan says, thanks so much for the episode about gender prediction. I have to admit, I'm one of those pregnant moms who has tried every wives' tale out there when it comes to trying to predict your baby's gender. So it was really nice to hear from a sonographer about what they're actually looking for in an ultrasound to determine gender. Can't wait to find out what we're having two more weeks till our appointment. Thanks again. And Megan, thank you so much for sending that message. We certainly wish you the best with your pregnancy and whatever you're hoping for, boy, girl, we hope you get exactly what you want. If you have a comment for our show, please call our Preggy Pals hotline. That number is 619-866-4775. And we will include your message in an upcoming episode. That wraps up our show for today. If you have a question about surrogacy that we did not discuss, feel free to call our Preggy Pals hotline at 619-866-4775, and we will answer your question in a future episode. We also welcome your comments, feedback, and suggestions for our show. Call the hotline or send us an email through our website, and we would love to hear from you. Coming up next week, we're continuing our ongoing series on childbirth preparation methods. Next week, we're learning all about Lamaze. Thanks for listening to Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. 
This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.